You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I was going to say if everybody was coming into the studio, this was the day to do it for Pete Bedell. But I don't think. Too fit. Yeah, given his history. With the and and just love of marathon running, etc. I don't think he'd be a McDonald's man at eight thirty-two in the morning. Would that be right, Pete? Do you have a Do you have a crack? <laughs> oh, boys, I've smashed the bacon neck muffin many times. Yes, so I wow. Love it. I love it. I, I live in hope. Then I live in hope. That, that, that's music to my ears this morning, mate. To tell you the truth. <laughs> Why, why do you think I run so much, boys? Yeah. I just do whatever I want. I never put on weight. It's a great, it's a great myth. Good call. <laughs> and, you know, after a little park run. But uh, hospitals have That's them it. in there, down the bottom, eh? The bottom of hospitals because they just bring so much joy. Mm. And and uh, the buns are, the buns are good. Okay. Well, I think we've just about given. Surely we've done our bit for Maccas this morning. Now, haven't we? <laughs> All right, Queensland's number one newsbreaker from the Courier Mail. <laughs> Their rugby league correspondent, Pete Bedell. Good morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, good day, boys. It's, it's a, what a week. Here we go with the NRL. I'm excited. I'm sure a lot of league fans are out are just as excited. I can't wait, boys. Bring it on Thursday night, Friday night. Look, what level of interest in this whole CBA war, I suppose? We've had Steve Mitchell on this morning. He's very hopeful it's going to be cleaned up and done sort of ASAP, but... Yeah, what, what gauge do you get the public interest in it, Pete? Oh, look, Pat, it's, look, I don't think the interest is obviously as great as they would be in the stars of the game, but it is, it is an important, a very important bedrock for the game to have a collective bargaining agreement in place, which is basically the terms and conditions for the players that, that play this great game and give us the entertainment that they do. And look, for the general fan, I don't really think they care too much about the, the minutiae of the actual CBA. Well, I think they just want the footballers to get on the field. There's been talk of strike action. Play, fans don't want to see that. But they also, I think, would want the players to understand what the working class man goes through. And there's, you know, if you talk to the average Joe, to, to tell to tell them that a mineral player will average $400,000 under this CBA, it's, it's a very good salary. And I think the players, in some senses, have probably not been as aware of the public sentiment as they probably should be. I, I think there's there's probably an argument they could be painted as prima donnas in this whole thing. But at the end of the day, guys, it's a billion-dollar sport. They deserve their lick. But ultimately, I don't think the fans really care too much about the immunity of the CBA. They just want to see their footballers and their stars and their heroes on the field. And, and probably throughout the discussions, they need to hear more than we have in the last month about the whole-of-game uh, sustainability, not just the top end. It's a very good point, Hills. I mean, this has been the big debate about what percentage of revenue goes to the players, but the players and even the RLPA bosses have to understand that it's actually not their money, essentially. It's it's the NRL's money that comes from two media corporations, News Corp and Channel 9, and ultimately the NRL can distribute those funds as they see fit. Now, I think the NRL have been very fair in their offer to the players. It's, it's the first billion-dollar deal the players will ever see. So they've, they've been well and truly rewarded in my eyes. But also, Hills, there's, 
there's other fragments and other silos of, of the business that have to be catered for, such as junior development, grassroots, promotion of the game, and, and having not only volunteers who yep. do a wonderful job for the code, but people, other, other stakeholders that are actually paid financially for the services they provide in the lower tiers of the game. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a critical part. And, and NRL can't just spend all their money on the NRL players. They need to, they need to consider what's coming through and provide a solid base so there is a sustainable future for everybody in the code. Yep, I agree entirely. And I'm, I'm certain our listeners would have stories of you know, volunteers basically running the show out in the bush. So, yeah, you're right. They've got to be looked after. Hey, all right, let's get down to the, the, the nuts and bolts of it. The Dolphins now have Flegler and Farnworth on their books for next year. Yeah, talk about an F-bomb, boys. Two F-bombs at the uh, the Dolphins. What 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 signings, Flegler and Farnworth? Look, this is a real blow for the Broncos. I mean, just the optics of it. I know the Broncos are, are always a powerful brand. They're the richest club in the league. But the optics of seeing two of their rising stars go to a competitor, a new competitor up the road, to me, that has to ring alarm bells for Broncos management because this could be a domino effect. It could only be the beginning for the Dolphins in terms of pilfering the best talent out of the Broncos. And look, guys, for a long time, the Broncos have had a monopoly in southeast Queensland. It's been a 25, 26-year monopoly. They've, they've had a lot of talent at their disposal in a region that has about 2.5 million residents. Well, now the Dolphins are incredible. They're a serious threat, and they're only 40 kilometres away, guys, yeah. unlike a lot of the Sydney clubs. So for someone like Tom Flegler, who would have been reluctant to move to Sydney for family reasons, he can now pick the Dolphins up the road, still live where he lives. Okay, but that's, a, I that's know where an important going. point. Yeah, it's it's um, a really valid point. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what's ha- happened for years in a great rivalry between Roosters and South Sydney. Yeah. You know, the Roosters are sort of the Bondi region, but playing right next to South at Redfern. Yeah. So, yeah, keep going, Pete. Pete yeah, we just, we just lost you there. But, yeah, you're right, mate. Like, I remember back in the day, a move to Sydney – was massive because there was, you know, a big variation in cost of living and all that sort of thing. But you're right. You've got someone right around the corner now. Absolutely, guys. Yeah, sorry, I don't know where you lost me, boys. But I was saying, like, someone like Tom Flegler, who he can now live in the same house, drive to Dolphins training, nothing changes for him. And that's something the Broncos have to be cognizant of now. Their best young talent coming through will be right in the in the shop front window for another club up the road. And if their systems aren't right, if their football program's not successful, if they're not winning premierships a la Melbourne and the Roosters, where their players took less to stay because of the success and the sustainability and the, the purpose of those football programs, if the Broncos cannot provide that, they will lose more players to the Dolphins. Yes. And does do they strike you, Tom Flegler and Herbie Farnworth, as players that will hold things together very well this year before they go? Oh, look, I know he was dealing with those guys. They're, they're ultimate professionals. Oh, they are, the NRL these days is a very professional sphere. They'll do their jobs. They'll be, they'll be very good for the Broncos this year. But I guess, guys, if they do get better, it's only going to rub salt into the wounds and, and show the Broncos from close range just what they're losing next year. But I think Herbie's a superstar in the making. I think he's got so much upside. Fleetwood's a little bit inconsistent for me, guys. I don't think he's worth yet the money that the Dolphins have paid for him, but there's no doubt he's he's aggressive, he's big, he's got skill. He can he can be mm. the prototype front rower. He just needs to sort out his suspensions and his discipline. And if he does that at age 23, he can be a, a spearhead for the Dolphins for a decade. Yeah, and Farnworth will probably take the number one jersey down there as well. 
Well, guys, I spoke to Wayne Bennett yesterday, and he just said, Pete, look, I'll, I'll pick Kirby wherever I think he fits. So there's been no promises about the number one jumper. They've got Hamaso, the, the hammer there, Tabby Wapadou yeah. at fullback. He's a quality player. So, look, I'm sure Herbie's happy to play centre, wing or, or fullback. I know ultimately he would see himself as a fullback, and we saw Billy Slater refine his game. I think Herbie can do the same and be a fine fullback for the Dolphins. Hey, we've had Steve Mitchell on the line this morning talking about David Fafita. I know that Justin wanted to try and have this deal done if it was going to be done by the end of the, you know, before the season started. What's your word? I mean, Steve just said to us, can't give you an update, but said, look, he's very, very happy and healthy where he is at the moment. Yeah, guys, well, the last time I reported on this a couple of days ago, I was told that there were only two clubs that had made a formal offer for Dave. One was the Titans, obviously. The other one were the Raiders. So the Raiders are the major threat at this point. Oh, my mail is that Dave probably won't leave the Titans. I think he's pretty settled there. He's got good relationships with Tanner Boyd and Toby Sexton and Kieran Foran's developed a good combo with him. So he's got some good mates there. Tino for Sul Malawi was a key factor in getting into the Titans. So I, I think it would be a shock if Dave left to go to Canberra. I, I can't see too many other clubs really taking a risk on Dave at this point in his career with his inconsistency. And I think the best thing today would be to take a pay cut, forget the million-dollar pressures, and just focus on a five, six, seven dollars $700,000 a year deal and just try and play his best football and, and learn. Because he's only 22 years old. He's got a lot of upside. Yeah. But he doesn't need the money pressures of being the million-dollar man. Yeah, yeah, always be the second most paid, the second best paid. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I mean, the, 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 the pay packet has put him into a... Into a, into a harsh spotlight. But I mean, actually, it's interesting when you say that, Pete. He's only 22. I mean, it feels like he's it's been amazing. in our consciousness for a long time, doesn't it? it? It does, Pete. And, you know, it's because he came into the, the NRL so young. I mean, he was 17 when he entered the Broncos program. And I remember he took his shirt off the training and I wanted to run home. I wanted to get out of there because it was just embarrassing how kid <laughs> he was. Um, but... He uh, He's a real talent, guys, and he's still got another 10, 12 years in the game if he gets his body right. We go from penthouse to the outhouse right at the moment with his phone <laughs> hook up there. Yeah. Hey, look, uh, yeah, we've lost Pete there, but it's, it's time to hit a break anyway. So 